Welcome to Navigating Law School Admissions with Miriam and Christy and to our personal statement mini-series. This is our second installment where we will once again focus on a personal statement submitted by one of our listeners. And I'm back again. That is the voice of Eulis Boyd, our fabulous colleague from Brooklyn Law School. Welcome back, Eulis. We are so excited to have you here for personal statement number two. Happy to be here. Uh, before we begin, I know you two always start your episodes with a game. That's right. We love a game. So for this mini series, the three of us are coming up with our best hypotheticals, and I believe it's my turn. So here we go. If you continued a career in admissions, but you could never, ever work in law school admissions again, where would you work? Hmm. Okay. I think that's that's a hard one because I love law school admissions, uh, but maybe a journalism school. I think they're, you know, they have a similar sort of function in society. Um, they need many of the same skills. Um, I would say culinary arts, but I would have no idea how to select for that. <laughs> but you would probably have a lot of fun learning how to select for that. <laughs> I would eat so much food. Trying to that. Um, this was not a hard question for me. I know exactly which job I would want. So if you're listening, Dartmouth College, my <laughs> undergrad alma mater, and you're looking for your newest dean of admissions, I'm here waiting for you. <laughs> Just saying. Subtle. Go Big Green. <laughs> I'm known for being subtle, Euless. What can I say? <laughs> subtle is my middle name. <laughs> All right. And for me, um, I'm going to uh, shout out to Odevi Soto, one of the former associate directors in our office who now leads the Harvard Divinity School admissions process. And I must say it sounds fascinating. I, it's so interesting to hear about building a class that brings perspectives from so many faith-based backgrounds and to consider how those various perspectives inform the course material that's discussed at the Divinity School. So I'm just going to say I had a rabbi, a pastor, and a priest in my 1L class this year, which was probably my favorite fun fact of the year. <laughs> Very cool. So it's practically a divinity school over here at Yale. What can I say? <laughs> All right. As it happens, that is a nice transition to today's personal statement. Indeed it is. So as a reminder, listeners, this episode will probably be best experienced uh, while if you've either read personal statement B um, or if you have it in front of you. So it can be found on our website uh, or it is also linked in the short notes for this episode. And if you want to pause us for a bit while you go look for personal statement B, go ahead and do so. We will not be offended. Indeed, we will not even know. We will be right here. <laughs> <laughs> Ready when you get back. <laughs> Without further ado, let's turn to our second personal statement. It grabs your attention right off the bat with the sentence, I am a cradle Catholic. It then goes on to describe the author's decision to join a Catholic teacher corps and work in a diverse Catholic school during the pandemic, despite the author's lack of spirituality. In their words, my experience as an educator has opened my eyes to what a school provides the community beyond instruction and childcare. The author then goes on to describe the role of schools in our society and the many laws and issues that impact students and teachers, especially those who are disadvantaged. The essay ends by explaining that the author has decided to attend law school as a next step on their journey to being, quote, a peacemaker and advocating for future clients. Let's start with our gut reactions. Yeah, I'll jump in. In, in this business, we read a lot of essays by teachers uh, pivoting to law school. Um, I'm always interested in how these applicants create a sort of personal narrative of this pivot in their life and answer the question, 
you know, why law school? Why are they turning from education to law school? So I think that the overall themes resonate well. They, you know, they do give us an answer to that question. Um, but I would like to see a much stronger organizational framework uh, at the both the sort of micro and macro level to this essay. So when I talk about micro organizational problems, I'm talking about jumbled ideas, making the, dif- the, the narrative very difficult to follow. And I think that's a significant issue with this essay. Um, in the opening paragraph, uh, there's a sentence uh, about halfway through says, admittedly, I also found it amusing to explain that I would be living in a convent with 23 other teachers. Uh, That sentence rendered me immediately confused. To whom are you admitting what and why is it amusing? Um, In the second paragraph, we're talking about diversity of families and students. We're talking about social justice. We're talking about how difficult it was to teach during the pandemic. The author's discussing their own anxiety. They're talking about their community and faith. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of, of themes. It's a lot of words. Uh, and I'm working very hard to get the message. And I, and I shouldn't be working that hard. Yeah, so I loved the opening sentence. I was just grabbed by it. I think we've actually had two examples now of just, just great opening lines. And then it just ended in a page and a half. And I just, it felt like I was left wanting more. I wanted to know more about the author's spiritual journey. Why did they join a religious teacher corps if they weren't religious? What did they learn from living in a convent? That that fact was dropped and I was like, whoa, that's so interesting. And then it just was never mentioned again. How, if at all, does that connect to law school? So this essay has all this potential, but then it does one of the things you don't want an essay to do. It leaves unanswered questions. Uh, So you just don't want to leave your reader with those questions, especially when you have over half a page to spare. I agree. I have mixed feelings about this. The overall theme is a is a popular one and a common one. Indeed, I myself wrote about teaching for my law school personal statement. The author's says that they're choosing law school in order to advocate for clients like their students after seeing the reality of systemic injustice as a teacher. Um, I have no issue, by the way, with popular topics. Uh, Don't feel like you have to stray away from a common topic. Uh, They're often well-trodden ground for good reasons. And here the theme comes through clearly. And I also really liked the twist on the typical teacher essay. You've got living in a convent, you've got um, pursuing a teaching experience in a religious setting. Um, You've got a little bit of interweaving with the spiritual journey. But then on the other hand, um, those threads aren't pulled quite enough. And I really don't understand why the author ended it after just 1.5 pages. All right. So let's dive into the basics first. Things like formatting, length, organization, and the writing itself. Yeah, substance-wise, um, you know, or substance aside, I should say, that the formatting here is is fine. So that, you know, tradi- very traditional font, standard font size, normal margins, double-spaced, paragraphs indented appropriately. Uh, it just, it looks the way an essay should look. Um, and those things matter. Yeah, they matter actually quite a lot. So I, I think don't underestimate the power of it looking right. And then the one thing that jumps out at you is the length. And it jumped out at all of us right away. That's probably the first thing that all of us notice. I see nodding heads on our screens when I said that. Why is it only one and a half pages long? Look, if you've really said absolutely everything you need to say, and you're at one and a half pages, that's okay. But here, there's definitely more the author could have said about their key themes. And that was just a missed opportunity. 
So there's some great sentences here, um, but there's also some clunkers. So let's chat about some of the patterns. So first, the author and, and all of you listeners should look carefully at all of your transitional words and phrases. For example, in this essay, we have, that being said, admittedly, after all, additionally, furthermore, for this reason, Ultimately, sometimes these types of transitional words are necessary, and sometimes they can just help the essay flow or highlight a very important point. In this essay, to me, they felt overused, and they come in clumps that make the writing feel really clunky. There's other ways to bridge ideas without using these types of phrases. Let the content itself carry the transition. One suggestion I have sometimes is just cut every single last transitional word from your personal statement, put it aside for a few hours, come back and reread it. Chances are not a single one of those transitional phrases was necessary. So second, there's a lot of passivity in the verbs used by this writer and the way the sentences are structured. You've got phrases like, it was stressful, or I have become cognizant, or I also found it. All very acceptable, but they lack the action and vibrancy we see in the strongest personal statements. Can I just say, so I I taught legal research and writing, and this was one of the things that I talked about the most with my students. Always write in an active voice. It will immediately improve your writing if you move away from passive voice, except when absolutely necessary, and it's almost never absolutely necessary. Keep your sentences short, keep them active, and it is a much better read for the person doing the reading. Yeah, it just grabs you. Yeah, I'll, I'll say something about uh, passive voice, which is in legal writing, passive voice has a very specific use. So you have to become intentional about its use. Yes. And, and it becomes very obvious when it's not intentional, right? So we often use it in legal writing to uh, to deflect uh Yes. Accountability, right? To yes. uh, to to obscure something or or intentionally, but when you're using it not for that purpose, um, it becomes very obvious for for those of us that are more sensitive to its use. So you should really, um, I just want to echo what both of you have said about eliminating it where it's completely unnecessary. So again, we've got overuse of transitional words, passivity, and then finally, uh, just a word on the first person. Virtually all personal statements are written in the first person, which makes perfect sense. These essays are, after all, personal. But you can fall into the trap of making the subject of every sentence either I or my or something related. And that can lead to a lack of variety in sentence structure that makes the reading experience more leaden and weighted. So take the first and second paragraphs of this essay. In both paragraphs... I is the subject of almost every sentence, and both paragraphs open with I am, making the essay feel much more monotonous for the reader and reinforcing the lack of vibrancy. The overuse of I can also make it start to seem navel-gazy. And sometimes I'll read essays where every sentence is I, and it feels like the person has overly focused on their own self without really thinking through how this impacts others or communities uh, or the bigger picture. So if you're seeing I, 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 my, 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 think about whether you've properly integrated how your experiences uh, connect to the wider world and to other communities that you're a part of. That isn't always the case. Sometimes it's just a writing technique issue, but sometimes it can also be a content issue. 
I don't know if others agree with that. Completely yeah. agree. Completely agree. I will say that I I didn't quite this essay felt more like a writing technique I issue. Agree. Yes. But especially when you've got an essay like this where you are purporting to focus on other on communities that you're a part of and on serving others, it can feel very surprising to the reader when you center yourself so wholly. Agreed. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit more about the essay's organizational challenges. So I would really advise the author to think much more about the role each paragraph is actually playing in the essay, and then ensure that each sentence within that paragraph supports that specific purpose, right? So the key is to make sure that the topic sentence of each paragraph gives the reader a sense of where the paragraph is going. It's, it's the roadmap of what's to come, and then the paragraph has to actually go there. So for example, in the second paragraph, it begins with a sentence, I am currently a proud teacher at a Catholic elementary school in the X neighborhood of City X. Now, as far as topic sentences go, it's okay. It's not great. But but as a reader, I'm, I'm not sure what direction this paragraph's going, right? Clearly, it's it's supposed to be about the teaching experience. But, but what about specifically? Do the details about it being at a Catholic school in City X matter? And then the, the paragraph begins to meander. There's discussion about diversity, as we talked about. Um, it, it talks about social justice in the classroom, um, these seem central to the essay's themes, but then there's also discussion about COVID and hybrid teaching and the stress of that situation. It's just a little unclear how all that connects to the essay's themes. A much more focused topic sentence can often solve these kinds of issues. You tighten up the topic sentence, it will be clearer uh, you know, whether the sentences that follow belong or don't belong in that specific paragraph. So when I, when I taught legal writing, the second thing I focused on the most, in addition to not writing in passive voice, was topic sentences. And I so I cannot endorse that enough. So how about something like this for a topic sentence? And I'm not saying this is a perfect one, but this is probably a better one. I proudly teach at a Catholic elementary school where I love serving diverse families and integrate social justice into our daily curriculum. So something like that then tells the reader, this is going to be about diversity and social justice. That's what the focus of this paragraph is on. And then it would be more obvious that the sentences that are about the COVID, the pandemic piece don't fit because they're completely unrelated to a much more specific topic sentence. That's not a juicy, exciting topic sentence, to be clear, but at least it's one that structures the paragraph to follow. And I would take well-structured over juicy and not well-structured every time. All of us would every single time. So I also want to say that I managed to summarize the first three sentences of this paragraph in one sentence that suggests that there's some padding here and editing is needed. And that editing would leave this essay even shorter than it already is, which is perhaps an opportunity to add in some specific examples. So it's a teaching essay where we don't actually hear a lot about specific students. So that's a way where you can get away from the I and the my and maybe give an example that lends some color and some specificity to the experiences of this teacher. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, as we always say, you know, show us, don't tell us, right? So instead of just saying that social justice is an integral part of your teaching, um, give us an example of how you integrated social justice into your teaching. You know, show us what that looks like. And similarly, instead of simply saying that you love working with diverse families, tell us why you love it. What makes these families diverse? What have you learned? How have you grown? How are you a different teacher today than you were when you started? 
I want to point out an example of a stronger and more specific topic sentence, which is the beginning of the third paragraph. My experience as an educator has opened my eyes to what a school provides the community beyond instruction and childcare. So as a reader, I have a better sense of what to expect from this paragraph. Yeah, I agree. That sentence is, is much better. But then the second half of the paragraph transitions to a discussion of education, law, and policy. Um, a new paragraph is probably called for at that point with its own topic sentence. Right. That's an example of uh, a situation where the content of the paragraph doesn't deliver on the promise of the structure of the opening topic sentence. Um, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think this author has a great essay in them. You know, they have a very interesting spin on this teacher to the lawyer uh, transition topic. Um, I, I really like the two central themes, the spiritual journey, the pivot from teaching to the law, but the author should spend some time fleshing things out much more than they have. Uh, the themes can be further developed with specificity and examples, and the organization certainly needs to be firmed up. I would say that this essay is one that feels like there's a lot of potential. Uh, it has a feeling of unformedness to me. I'm not totally sure yet that I know who this applicant is, but what I do know is that I want to know who they are. I'm really intrigued, for example, by the sentence at the end. My race, gender, and family background have long shaped my identity and experiences. Tell me more about that. Weave those things in. Tell me about your experience living in a convent. Tell me about your spiritual journey. I want to learn about this person. I'm interested in them. I like them as an applicant, but it just feels like I don't quite get to know them enough. I'll add that I'm really intrigued by this author's spiritual journey from the opening to the ending. And I would appreciate it if it was woven in a bit more throughout. And I think that would also help answer your question, Miriam. Who is this applicant? Why are they going to law school? How did this teaching experience connect with the decision to pursue law? Right. And they mentioned the being a peacemaker, too, which intrigued me. And I wanted more on that as well. There was all of these intriguing little clues, um, but we can't put them together without your help. All right, that is our second installment in our personal statement miniseries. Look for round three soon. And thanks again to Euless for joining us as we continue to get personal with personal statements. This podcast is produced by Ryan McAvoy from the Yale Broadcast Studio.